Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Biscuits, colon, a hockey podcast in July. I feel like we need like the like that stamp that would come across like the usual title and it's like in July because like most podcasts aren't going now and like we're giving you like bonus episodes all throughout July because that's how much we care about our readers and I guess you know making some money in July. I'm Dave Lozo, co-host of this wonderful hockey podcast and I am in America, the country that you used to like and say hello to my 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 beautiful handsome co-worker in Canada. Hi everybody. It's Sean up here in Ottawa, Canada, and uh, yeah, we're giving you 110 percent, mm-hmm. like like every good hockey player. We figured out what would be the correct amount of podcasts to do during a hockey season, and now we're going to do 110 percent yeah. of those podcasts. We're and in overtime. We are. We're we we are in. This is now. I guess. Well, we were always going to do one after July 1st, but now this is like. This is like overtime. I think we have a quadruple overtime coming. And I should mention, too, off the top, that this podcast, um, how do I say this? This is the podcast between the 68th and 70th episode ever of Biscuits. So it's a very, there's a word they use to describe that number. It's like super or neat or cool, uh, whatever that number is between 68 and 70. So we've come this far that we've actually done one more podcast than 68 and one fewer than 70. So congratulations to, to you especially, Sean. Thank you for being here. For Thank almost all much. of them, actually. You missed one, right? So technically this is your 68. You know what? That's true. Yeah, I forgot about there that. There was that one you guys did without me. So in a way, we're going to do two episodes that are number 69. There, I said it. I said the number. All I right. said 69. So Dave, you go first, but then you'll you'll get me back later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll right. flip it around and run it back next week for sure. Excellent. So okay. uh, yeah, we're, we're there. We're there. We're 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 right on top of um, things. Um, so hockey, there's been some stuff that happened this morning. Do you want to do the the super new this morning stuff, or do you want to do the 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 days old stuff that we haven't gotten around to? You're the let's, you're the captain of this podcast. You tell me. Where let's you go. start with the new stuff because we were like when we were putting this together, we were basically facing down a, a situation where it felt like nothing new had really happened. Yeah. In the last week, like when we when we did our show last week, and we kind of signed off, and it was like, you know, there was more coming. We knew that there was going to be like lots of big news over the weekend or whatever else, and then it didn't really happen that way. Mm. And we're kind of sitting here Tuesday morning, going, "Yeah, it's the same. We got the same stuff to talk about, but we don't because our our good pal Steve Eiserman 
has dropped a little bit of news uh, on us, kind of just just as we're recording this. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably already been analyzed and done to death. But Nikita Kucherov locked in with a new contract extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning, eight years at an average value cap hit, $9.5 million per year. Pretty good. What do you think? Pretty good money. Pretty good money if you can get it. I Pretty think good money, because but because so there's two things. I have two my my two thoughts when I saw this was one good for him because I thought he really got screwed on his RFA deal his last contract because at the time he kind of deserved 9.5 million then. So yeah, he's getting his 9.5 now. He's getting it for the rest of his career essentially. So I think that's great. I think he's worth it. It's the same sort of deal with every one of these contracts. Is he going to be worth it in years six, seven, and eight? Who the heck knows? But. Um, I, I'll take my chances with a guy who can put the puck in the net the way he does. So totally, well, yeah, totally fine with it and all that. And he's 25. So, I mean, this, the, the, right. the contract kicks in next year. He's got one more year under his current deal in, on which he is ridiculously underpaid. I mean, maybe one of the best bargains in, in the entire league. And that had some people thinking that, you know, given how that played out, where the, the Lightning basically played played hardball with him a few years ago and got him to take this deal where he didn't really have the leverage because nobody signs offer sheets and he was only an RFA, right? That there would be, you know, he he ended up getting this this deal that was at the time seemed like a bargain, based on how he developed as a player over the years since is just a, a ridiculous discount, and there was some talk that okay now that he was a year away from UFA and now that he had, you know, two years that were, you know, kind of almost MVP caliber that he would play hardball and that he would turn around and go, okay, now you guys are going to pay up. And it, it didn't really happen that way. I mean, this, this is a very reasonable number for a player like, of his caliber it, today. You could have pulled Zach Parise if you wanted to, like when he was this last year with the Devils, he was just like, give me a one-year deal, let's go to arbitration. And he got, yeah. obviously, pre-lockout, like a 12-year deal. He, but He didn't even need that. I mean, he yeah. could have just played out his last year and gone oh, right. yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to free agency like John Tavares did. Or he could have said, you know, I, in, in order for me not to do that, I want 10, 11, 12 million. Uh, I, I think he, that would have been reasonable. But instead, he takes, I'm not going to say he takes... A discount. I mean, he's he's making nine point five million. That's that's he's a winger today. Yeah, and it puts him today near the top of, uh, you know, of the salary uh, charts, uh, especially yeah for for wingers. But you know, it's it's a pretty reasonable deal. And like I say, he's this is a guy who's twenty five. This isn't signing Drew Doughty when he's twenty eight, or or signing Eric Carlson when he's twenty eight. Like those. Those extra few years make a big difference. He's going to be thirty-three or thirty-four when this contract expires. Yeah, but still, you can not, you can fall off the cliff in your early thirties. Take it from can. me. Take it from me, Dave Lozo, about being <laughs> athletic and in health and in good shape. Yeah, sometimes when you hit thirty-one, thirty-two, nothing, nothing you've done wrong. Suddenly, your body is just like, yeah, we're not going to work anymore. So, yeah. just something to consider. But, you, but in five years, I mean, there's going to yeah, we don't know what the cap will look like because we're going to have a lockout in there. But if if the cap keeps going up at the rate it's going. Uh, you know, this, th- there's going to be, you know, four, four years from now, he's going to be like the 30th highest paid it's great. forward in the league. It's a great so, deal. It's just, I wonder what that, yeah. what that deal does now for getting Eric Carlson, because you're going to have to budget next year. I think it helps. You think so? I think it actually helps them because Lay they... Lay an army, Sean. Well, because you knew, I mean, you, you weren't, 
you weren't going to trade Nikita Kucherov. You weren't going to let him go to UFA unless he really wanted to, you know. But you could have lost he him. wanted to go. You could have lost, yeah, exactly. You could have lost him, though, so. Not- yeah, but that would have never been part of your plan. So this is, you knew, in, 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 in trying to figure out how do we get Eric Carlson, there was always this question mark of, okay, we've, we we're assuming we're going to have Nikita Kucherov on the roster, but how much? What's the number going to be? And that was an unknown, and because it was an unknown, that makes things a little bit tougher. Now it's a known, and you know, uh, I mean, you knew you weren't going to sign him for like $7 million or something. You knew it was going to be in this range, and now you you have that number, and you've got, you know, it, it clarifies what your cap situation looks like. I think this only helps the uh, the Lightning move forward on Eric Carlson if, if that's the direction they want to go. So they have... I saw the number just before, and I was just about to look it up, and then you stopped talking. I thought you were going to like go on for a little bit. I thought I had time to, to look up the numbers, so now I'm just kind of talking while I type in some numbers on my phone to take me to the site. Yeah, there, there, me the, I mean, it it gets... The, the Lightning are okay for the cap this year. This year, yeah. It's next okay. year, and that's what matters, because that's when the Kucherov extension kicks in, that's when the Ryan McDonough extension kicks in, and that's when an Eric Carlson extension would kick in assuming that they would assign him to one if they traded for him, which you you know you, you would imagine they're, they're not going to give up assets just to bring him in for one year unless mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that ends up being mm-hmm. kind of the only the only option out there then then maybe but right now we're all assuming whoever trades for Eric Carlson is going to sign him to a lot of money uh yeah I mean and the other thing to keep in mind with with the lightning is you know we talk about you know, Steve Eiserman being good at this and, and being good at the, especially when it comes to negotiating contracts, like there is kind of a domino effect here where when you get Steven Stamkos to sign for only 8.5, and again, you know, again, only, it's it's a lot of money, but you know, that was a very reasonable deal that he signed. That kind of trickles down, you know, when, when it's two years later and it's time for Nikita Kucherov, you're kind of going, all right, well, you know, are you four million bucks better than steven stamkos no you're not so we'll Might, we'll give you maybe a bit of a raise to uh you know because the cap's gone up but we're gonna put you in the same ballpark and same for you know victor hedman's got a deal that is a big number but it, like none of these deals for their top players in tampa are unreasonable at all he's making less than jonathan taves so you know it's a you know you, you know they're doing a pretty exactly. good job of managing exactly the cap. so right so, next year tampa has according to ryan lambert who has dinosaurs in his username? So you know it's you know it's a legitimate Twitter account for hockey. Uh, he says Tampa has twelve guys signed for sixty five point eight million next season, and that's before they add Eric Carlson. So, yep. Let's say you give him eleven. So now you're at seventy six point eight with thirteen guys signed. Like that seems like a, that seems like you're you're boxing yourself in a little bit there. You know, like what do you because you're, you're gonna have a couple of free, I guess maybe this is, if they trade for Carlson and extend them, this is their way of saying this is Anton Strawman's last year in Tampa, but you're yeah. going to have, you're going to have to so fill Strauman's out the roster. Gone. And then you look at that, you, you look at the, the 2019-20 cap, Ryan Callahan's the obvious one. Oh, yeah, he, but he unless has, he's hurt. He has to be gone unless he's hurt. somewhere or another. Well, even if he's hurt, then you you trade him. And, and when I say trade him, it'll be one of those trades where it's Top. Ryan Callahan plus you giving up something else. For nothing in return, no. other than a trade to Ottawa, space. a trade to Ottawa. Well, he has no trade. trade he has no trade clause too. He's hard to get. Re- I think that's what's holding he up is. the whole deal right now is they have too many guys with no trades, so mm-hmm. they're having a hard time dumping a little bit of salary out the window before. But, but yeah, the assumption the assumption right now is that Callahan will be traded back to the Rangers at some point. 
which he would you, you figure he would take that deal the rangers would would, would he I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to waste my. I'm gonna. I'll hang out in Tampa and get my get, get myself a Stanley Cup ring playing 14 games. I mean, he was there. He was the captain. The fans love him. Like that. No, he wasn't the captain. Yeah, I thought he was too. I thought he was going to be the captain. It was between was him he and not the captain in the, in New York. It came down between. It was. It was. Um. It was Chris Drury, and then it came down between Ryan Callahan and Ryan McDonough. And I thought Ryan Callahan was going to be the captain, and they gave it to Ryan McDonough. He was. He was. Yeah. A, he was a leader. He was a, he was a, he was a, you know, he was, he wore the A, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I, I was, I, I was, was, I was, captain. I was stat boying the, uh, the podcast there for a second. Okay. Uh, in any event, I, you know, I, I think if you're right, I mean, he would probably prefer to stay in Tampa, but that might not be an option to him in a meaningful way. Like Steve Eiserman might go to him and say, we have to move you. You are not going to be on our opening night roster. You are not going to be playing for this team on opening night. If you want to sit in the press box and not play while we find a reason to put you on the long-term injured reserve or, you know, just, just not use you at all or send you home or whatever, we can do that. And this can end very badly, or we can trade you to some, a desk. we can work together, find some place you want to go, makes sense for us. It makes sense for you and everyone's happy. And, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure he's in a position where he can play hardball on, on not going anywhere, especially given that they you know, they also have the option potentially to buy him out, assuming he's healthy, which is apparently part of why they are in a in a hurry to trade him this year, not just for Eric Carlson, but because they don't want to bank on being able to to buy him out next summer because he could be hurt again. But that just leads to, you know, they may come to him and say, we need to buy you out. If you stay in Tampa, we're buying you out next year, which means you can't be hurt, which means we can't put you in the lineup. You can't play. We, we just have to stash you on our cap all year long. And, you know, wouldn't you rather go someplace and play hockey for a few years? Hmm. So I think he goes. Hmm. Now that's $5.8 million. That's still not necessarily it enough to, to fill everything else in. But yeah, you, you've got... Like the thing with, with, the, with the Lightning is it's not... Kuchera, Stamkos, Hedman, Carlson, if they get him, is not is costing you it's it's the jt miller it's the alex Klorn, like those deals Mm -hmm. that that have cap hit and term on them but at the same time you know what they'll they'll be able to trade those guys if they need to and they don't need to do it until next summer so at some point i mean take alex Klorn, put him on a line with stamkos and kuchera for half the year and you know just do a pump and dump and then trade him to some team that's not very smart and thinks that they're getting a thirty-goal scorer because Kucher and Stamkos keep banking them in off of his, <laughs> off of his stick while he stands at the crease. Yeah, well, I I'll... think it's managed. Like I, I think, in, in a way, this is kind of what we're seeing with the Lightning is the same sort of thing we're seeing with the Leafs and seeing with some other teams is this understanding that maybe the way to manage the cap is you spend big on elite talent, you get as much good cheap not even depth, but, you know, cheap pieces coming in, guys on entry-level deals, make sure you have a good system that can provide those guys, and then it's it's the middle of the pack that you don't worry about. Like, I saw, like, was it was it the Blues that somebody mentioned? Like, they don't have any players between 1 million and 4 million on their cap? <laughs> Is that true? Like, like, everybody's either cheap or, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, Four to five million is maybe still middle class for NHL players, but 
Like that's the way to do it. It's not to have, it's not to do what the Islanders and Canucks are doing and have a bunch of $3 million fourth liners. It's you have, you, you pay whatever it takes to get the top guys. You supplement them with cheap guys who hopefully can still play. And, and that's how you, how you use your cap. And if that means that the middle-class guys get squeezed out, then that's, that's just how you do it. Okay, uh, update. Ryan Callahan was the captain of the Rangers between 2011 and 2014, and I just completely forgot about him being okay. the captain. But other than that... Other than that, he was never the captain. I mean, yeah, he was very rare. Like, when you look at the, the grand history of the New York Rangers... Yeah. It was like a very... It's almost... You could almost round it down to zero. Right, it's barely... Yeah, it doesn't even... You can't even round that up to, like, five. It would be... You'd, you'd, you'd say that was, like, 0.4% of the time there. By the way, the Rangers have on their website, like, a photo of, like, all their guys who are captains. And I was scrolling down from the beginning, which was, like, the 1904 season or whatever. And apparently, I thought they had a captain named Ann Coulter. <laughs> and I'm scrolling down, and I jam on the brakes on my phone, and I go back up. I'm like, wait, Ann Coulter was a captain? It was Art Coulter, so... Close enough, but I thought that was funny. Close, yeah. Um, did you see the thing that Tyler Dello posted? He posted a screenshot. This is like Tampa related, and it, he just tweeted. He said today in bad blind items. He didn't put the link to where the screenshot is from because he's apparently one yes. of those guys on Twitter who, who screenshots and doesn't link to the thing. Um, it was it was from uh, Ben Hankinson. That's his name, right? Ben Hankinson, the agent. He was talking about um, Chris Kunitz, <laughs> who's not good anymore. <laughs> it was it was on Tampa last year, and he signed a one year deal at Chicago. And um, there, there's two pretty decent things in here um, that I thought were funny. And it's the quote about Tampa. And it says, so we had an opportunity in Tampa last year. He did not want to go there because of the weather, which, like, is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Yeah, um, which is clearly not true. But that is something that a, a smart agent knows that people will just, like, eat up that quote. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's such a hockey player that he, he wanted to be somewhere cold and miserable it says because of the weather which is the greatest thing i've ever heard because he said it's mm-hmm. not a hockey culture it's like i like playing at hockey cities hockey markets and it's actually kind of a good hockey market down there because it's like he covers himself oh and it's actually a good hockey market down there because eiserman has done a good job yeah because they they they, they, they didn't win cups before eiserman got yeah. there but yeah he's all about winning a cup which went to chicago who didn't make the playoffs last year so that's kind of weird and then the, the blind item part is this it says he <laughs> so funny <laughs> He had a team offer him a great deal this summer. It's a team in Canada, out west. Wanted to sign. <laughs> it's already funny. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a it's a team in Canada, out west, that wanted to sign him. That's been a good team off and on. They've gone through their struggles, but he's like, no, I don't like their defensemen. They're never going to win with those defensemen. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder who a team Gosh. could be. <laughs> what team could that be? But the, I just has struggled I, I love off idea, and on. And but then, like, I also love the idea that like like I don't even know if that's true. Like, like the Oilers throwing a ton of money at Chris Kunitz. Like I, I guess oh, I could that's see a total Shirelli move. Is it? That he's is not even that bad. But yeah, that was a really funny. Plus, post he's from he's from out that like Chris Kunitz is from Western Canada. Oh, I hate that part of hockey. That's why Matthew Shane's an Ottawa senator. He's just he's from like he's from around there. He happened. His parents happened but, to have well, sex. There in you go. So Chris Kunitz did, before, did what you wanted. He got an offer from someplace that was. Near home, kind of. I mean, it's not. He's he's a he's a Regina. Excuse kid, me, but you heard me. Oh, Re- he's from Saskatchewan. He's from small town Saskatchewan. Regina. You know this, Dave. He's Chris Kunitz is and I are related, kind of, <laughs> because he's from the same uh, small town Saskatchewan that uh, my wife's side of the family is from. So, cousin Chris, I got your back. Don't uh, don't listen to Dave. 
Wait, so if you were an NHL volume. player, like, you're, w- would you have to be the guy who goes to Ottawa? You'd be like the Ottawa local local boy, come in and talk about how you grew up watching the Senators and all that sort of stuff, or would you have to be the Leafs guy because you're a Leafs fan? Yeah. No, I'd be the, I'd be the Leafs guy because I grew up in Toronto, and luckily okay. Toronto is Ottawa close enough that I wouldn't have to. Uh... <laughs> like I basically. From where I am, I go four hours south, and I'm in Toronto, or I go like three and a half hours west, and I make it to the Senators Arena. So it's kind of, kind of the same thing. But yeah, it's it's a mystery. Who 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 was the mystery team that Chris Konitz was referring to? So much good stuff in those two paragraphs. With, with uh, I, bad, guess, I guess I guess uh, real 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 quick. Eric Carlson still getting traded, right? Like that's like that was supposed to be a thing like five days ago when we talked and it's still, there was like somebody walking over to like the trade center table and like, it's, it's about to happen pending the trade call. And it was about to happen. Yeah. We thought, I mean, on, on Thursday we were hearing it was close with the lightning earlier in the week. It had been close with the stars. Then on Friday night, there was a report that it was a done deal. Yeah. But it wasn't a wasn't a report from Uncle Bob or Uncle Darren no. or Uncle Nick or Uncle Elliot, so you can't really. Well, it was it it was a report from a guy here in Ottawa, who's who's a radio guy here, Sean Simpson, and he tweeted out on Friday that that his some source was telling him that the deal was done, pending the trade call. Mm. Like Not, like all deals. <laughs> yes, all deals are <laughs> always pending. Done the trade pending call. the pending the trade call, uh, but. And maybe it is. Maybe the trade call's still going on. You know, those things are, those things are long. We're, ma- but, we're married pending the I do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I, that was like a weird, that was a weird thing for me on Friday night when that broke because I found out. Ooh, uh, I didn't know this. Sources? But you have sources? I, no, oh. I, I didn't find. I, I have no sources, and, and in fact, I don't even really pay attention to the world around me, which is the, <laughs> which is where this this problem came in because it, it turns out. Uh, I found out that uh, that Sean Simpson, who who broke this story or broke the rumor, uh, apparently has me blocked on Twitter. Ah, no way! Does, which is something that doesn't happen to me a lot. I was going to say you're not I, you're not I combative or you're ornery. Yeah. I mean, you're ornery, but you're not like like I, so I like know. Ray Ferraro has me blocked, and I've never once said a bad thing about Ray Ferraro. But I've said bad things about yeah. people he works with, probably. So that's probably why he blocked me. I'm, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'm blocked by by some people, but it it rarely you know I I don't tend to notice, and I don't know I. I've met Sean before. I thought, you know, I don't know. But anyways, at some point, hmm. he, he blocked me. And, and the reason that I, I knew this or found this out was because the app that I use on my phone for Twitter, it turns out if somebody block, if, if, if somebody is quoting somebody who has you blocked, it doesn't say, like, this user has you blocked. It doesn't say tweet unavailable. It just doesn't show anything. Huh. So if, if somebody has me blocked and you quote tweet them going like, wow. And all I see is Dave Lozo saying, wow. So suddenly on my phone, I had all these tweets that were like, interesting. Oh, that would be a game changer. <laughs> and, th- and I'm just like, what? What are people talking? And then like people started talking about like Eric, but I'm like, what did I miss? Like I'm scrolling up and down, like trying to figure out what is happening. And it took me like a while before I finally re- like saw somebody make a reference to it. And I was like, what's? Simpson did tweet, and then I went, and it was like, "Oh, you're blocked." And I was like, oh, "Okay, now I understand what's happening." But uh, I wonder why. Yeah. Though. I wonder what you've you've made a lot yeah, of, a lot of senators jokes. Probably you've 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 taken the you've taken the piss out of the senators, as they say many a time. I've I but I've yeah, I've but torched who, Eugene Melnick, so he's I, he, I'm not blocked. That's weird. Yeah, who hasn't in Ottawa? That's that's the that's the weird thing. Anyways, <laughs> I'll find out. I'll I'll update on uh, right. 
on what's going on there. He probably, you know what, you know, you're on your phone, your thumb hits the wrong button. Yeah. You're trying to hit like the like and retweet button at the same time. Exactly. Accidentally. And you accidentally access the menu and scroll down and hit block. I'm sure that's what happened. You're not blockable. Like, I'm blockable for sure. I don't know why. I, I, I can't imagine. Like, it's, like, it's like when you tell me, like, when your mentions become a garbage fire. Like, I, I, I deserve it when my mentions <laughs> yeah. become a garbage yeah, fire. Yeah, but my mentions are Canadian garbage fire. Like, my, they're, like, just people. Like, they're, they're polite. Excuse me, but I beg to differ. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, hey, tone it down, buddy. You're like, you're like, Sorry. relocate the senators. And you're like, well, actually, you know what? Uh, I appreciate your opinion, but, you know, it'll be really hard to relocate a franchise because of the CBA and the way the NHL works. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, have a nice day. Enjoy your beaver tail. Like that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's a Canadian <laughs> flame war that you just described. So, <laughs> so that was Friday night. No trade had. There weren't any details. And, and I should say, Sean, to his credit, like the next day, apologized and basically... He should light up his he source. Got it wrong. And- I think when your source burns you like that, you need to burn that source because you can't trust that source ever again. So you may as well be like, yeah, the person who told me was Eugene Melnick or whatever. I, like, I totally believe in burning your sources once they screw you over like that. So if, yeah. if he wants to yeah. do that, he should. He could, but he, he, he didn't. But... You know, the thing is here, like, and I know people see stuff like this and they go, oh, yeah, he made it up. But it, it this suggests that at at the very least, maybe Tampa and Ottawa were getting close on something and somebody jumped the gun or somebody heard, you know, a little broken telephone breaks out and, and somebody thinks it's closer than it is. But it it seemed like, you know, even, even over the weekend, we all kind of assumed that something was, was imminent, not just because of... of the report on Friday, but just because it seemed like that was the fit that made the most sense. And now, as of today, I think it was Larry Brooks is reporting that maybe things have cooled between Tampa and Ottawa and, mm. and Dallas is back in and Dallas might be the favorite. It, it seems like there's only two teams that are really getting mentioned right now. What is Vegas and, doing? God. Yeah, Vegas, you haven't really heard anything on them. So if if there's only two teams, that's very bad news for the Senators because they need a bidding war. And they need, if if two teams goes down to one team, they're screwed because then they they're, they're not going to get much of anything. It sounds like maybe what's happening here is Pierre Dorian is is working hard to try to create that bidding war and and yeah. you know there's because we're hearing a lot of stuff through media and you know it's not that hard to put a story out there that oh you know this we were close but now we're not close anymore because. Tampa was playing hardball or Ottawa's asking too much or Dallas is going to have to come back to the table with, you know, Heiskanen or whatever it is. You, you know, you can kind of put that out there, but it it sounds like right now, I mean, he's he's going to be traded, presumably traded in the offseason, presumably pretty soon. But now there's just a little bit of that gamesmanship of, okay, let's see if we can see who's going to blink first because it... My guess is Tampa and Dallas both have offers on the table, and it's just a question of does our, does Ottawa have to take one of them, or can they afford to play a little bit of chicken here and, and try to try to bump up the offer and get something better, uh, knowing that there's a risk that maybe there's nothing there for them. They overplay the hand, and they, they have to go into the season with, with Eric Carlson on the roster. Well, on that note, let's take a little break. We're halfway through. We're halfway through the magic hour. And when we come back, uh, Artemi Panarin and his uh, agent and his situation, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, what else? What else do we got? 
DGB. We have some other stuff too that we needed to get to. Um, we will, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll maybe talk a little bit about the Islanders. Shea Weber. Oh yeah, Shea Weber. And <laughs> Shea Weber as a lead-in just to make fun of the Canadians for yeah. for a little and while. Praise, and praise that guy who got fired and now probably laughs all the live long day about how that trade's going in Nashville. Yeah, so we got stuff. The Sinines, we'll definitely get to the Sinines before we uh, take off for the day. And so stick around and we'll, we will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an Ottawa Senators podcast, and we have already talked about Eric Carlson, but um, there are plenty of Canadian franchises for us to laugh about. And the second funniest one at this point has got to be Montreal, right? I mean, there's really... Edmonton's like more sad than funny. But the whole yeah. Shea Weber thing, the whole the way they released the news about it, the timing of it, Mark Bergevin like like screwing off for the summer before he lets everybody know the situation with Shea Weber was was pretty cowardly. Kind of like that too. Um, look, I, I know you guys invented the game up there, but uh, at some point, I feel like you lost the blueprint. Maybe maybe Kyle Dubas has it, but I don't think anybody else in Canada has it. I feel like the blueprint in Montreal was like buy the GM gaudy suits and uh, just let him do whatever he wants. Montreal is not a happy place no. right now for hockey fans. I was actually in Montreal over the weekend, uh, and it's yeah, there, there's not a lot of buzz. Let's put it that way. There's not <laughs> a lot of there's not a lot of uh, hab shirts and car flags and that sort of thing. No, I was actually at the at the old forum. Have you ever been to the? No, I went forum? to I went Don't to Montreal go. when I was like 22, 23, but it was for like the last year or maybe the second to last year of the Expos. My, like me and my friends went up there for our first baseball trip. And um, we saw the Expos and the Braves. We had really good seats for like seven bucks, like right behind the dugout. It was awesome. But yeah, I've never, I've never, the only time I almost went to Montreal was the year they played the Rangers in the conference final, I want to say. And I think if they had won game six, they were going back to Montreal for game seven. And I was all booked to go back there for game seven. It would have been game seven conference final Saturday night. And I was like, oh, this would be great. And then the Rangers closed it out, I think was what happened. But yeah, I've never been, never been to a game in Montreal. Montreal is is a is a great city. Bell Center's a nice arena. The Forum was amazing at the time. It, it's it's depressing now because it's a movie theater basically. It's, hmm. They've they they didn't tear the building down, but it's it's now like a movie theater and there's and and like kind of cool. there's a little couple of stores in that and they've got like it's it's weird because you walk in and there's seats from the old Forum and there's like a face off circle painted where I think center ice used to be in the old forum but there's no like there's no plaques there's no signs so there's people who just think that this is like a hockey themed uh movie theater and they don't realize like you're on in theory holy ground (laughs) like this is where the ghosts of the forum but uh but it's it's just kind of it's kind of a bummer it's like it's like moving the pope's home and then like like vatican city becomes like a like an amusement park 
Yeah. It was like a roller coaster where like the Pope used to give like blessings and stuff to the people in the square. It's like, wow, this feels like a really religious place. Well, yeah, it kind of is actually. Yeah, it's it's like that except it's kind of there's like this one little store that sells like hab souvenirs and like bricks from the building that you're in, uh, and it's just it's it's not as sad as Toronto. Like Maple Leaf Gardens is now a grocery store, and it's like literally like in aisle seven. There's this like red dot on the ground that used to be the center ice face off circle. Come but it just—it looks—it look. I'm I'm serious. It's this—it's the saddest thing because it looks like somebody just dropped a jar of spaghetti sauce and walked away. It's like being and in a target. Get, yeah, it is. It's so it's it. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not throwing stones here as a Leafs fan, but like I know it's it's so like it's really sad when you see like a great old building and then they close it down and they tear it down and they build a parking lot or whatever and you're you're like oh that's sad. sometimes maybe you just gotta tear it down because like the forum doesn't even look like the forum it doesn't have like the like the hockey stick escalators and all that so anyways it's a good symbol right now is what i'm saying for the montreal canadians team because it's sad and depressing and the canadians managed to get worse in the last few days without even doing anything because we found out that shea weber apparently has a bad knee and waited until june to get knee surgery that'll keep him out for six months well they thought it was minor surgery right they went in there and then they saw it was major surgery so they had to fix a big thing but the thing yeah, was, and i was think they... he needed to get his foot fixed too which, oh that, you know, yeah you, you can't you can't you know you can only do one, one at, at a time, time I guess. Yeah. but the weird thing about it was they knew this and they didn't tell anyone nope and God. they did like their end of season availabilities and mark bergman did his press conference and then like as everybody was heading out the door for the summer, they just dropped this press release saying, Godless. oh, by the way. And they even said in the press release, like, it was, like, we made a decision to not tell anyone this. But they, which, didn't, tell, they didn't tell, like, free agents. They, they just went to free agency and they just signed guys and they were like, yeah, come, yeah. come play with Jay Weber at some point, yeah. maybe. I don't know. And it's not, I mean, it's not like it's a career-ending injury or something. He'll, he'll be back in... They say he'll be back in mid-December, which this meeting, being the NHL, means he'll come back a month before that, and everyone will pretend to be amazed. And then he'll play crappy on a bad knee for the rest of the Maybe. season, and yeah. then have surgery again. But I'm just curious, like, are any of the, you know, any time, like, if a team loses a game and a star player doesn't come out to talk to the media, they get roasted. It's bad character. Oh, it's know. a sign of their... Oh. So what, ha- what, what about a GM who hides news until <laughs> he's done with the media... Like is that not we're not we're not going to do the bad character thing here? Do we have to trade Mark Bergevin to Nashville now because he's that's savvy leadership, Sean? That's what that is. Oh, okay. That's he's playing coy. He's 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 dancing. He's he's doing the dance with the media where he's pivoting while they're waltzing. I don't know. I don't know how that Something metaphor like would that. work. Yeah. He was you no. Know, you know what he did? He did that. You know that that meme going around where like you you hold up a blanket in front of your dog and then you like throw the blanket in the air and like disappear into a side room. And the dog is all like, "What?" That's what he was mm-hmm. doing. Like Mark Bergevin was like the dog was the media. Mark Bergevin held up a blanket and was like, "Woo!" And then boom, he was gone. Yeah. And the media was like, and "Huh?" There was just a piece of paper left behind with a press release <laughs> printed on it. It's yeah. so like I don't like. I understand the the part where he doesn't tell anybody about it right like like i, I don't know that's not my, that's not how i would but, like if i was running a national hockey why? team like i would but, not like tell... i understand not doing it if 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 there's a trade involved if you're like trying to trade for a defenseman you don't want people to know that you need a defenseman 
But this wasn't the trade deadline. This is... Oh, for free agency, though. I mean, I can understand maybe why... I mean, I wouldn't do it because I think it's bad business to not tell a defenseman coming in that you're saying he's a free agent. Hey, you know, our team's going to be really weak until December because our best defenseman's going to be out. Like, I wouldn't do that, but I can see the logic behind it. But, like, the idea that, like, once free agency is over and you've done all your business, why you can't talk about the injury with the media when the media is all there. Like, you did nothing wrong. He went in for surgery and he needed more surgery that they thought they realized. Like, that's fine. Like, what what are you running from there? Like, that's the part I don't get. Probably because he didn't want to answer questions about why he lied during free agency, but... You know, own up to Maybe. your stuff, man. It's man, it's tough for the Canadians because they're not looking like a very good team right now. And yet at the same time, they've got Carey Price at $10.5 million, I think. Oh, boy. Which is either one of two things. Either he'll be an average goalie and it's a terrible contract that's got eight years left and you're screwed. Or he will play up to the contract, which means as bad as you might be, you can't tank. Like you're, you're going to finish... 24th overall no matter how bad you are because Carey Price will steal enough games for you I man lose lose and and here's the thing like because this kind of leads into into the next topic which is you you mentioned like you know that they they released it now because they're done like you know that Mark Bergevin's done his offseason but he's not done because they still don't have a number one center and they still haven't traded Max Pacioretty which we're told is supposed to happen and it's it's like that that seems to be a thing around the league right now where i feel like the offseason got 90 percent done and then everybody was like good enough and they just left and it, it reminds me of like when i tell my kids like go like go clean the basement go clean the playroom in the basement and they come up and you know an hour, a couple hours later they're like reading books and i'm like did you finish and they're like yeah we finished and i go down i'm like you didn't finish you got most of it done and that's good but you're still like, look, you still got a Max Pacioretty just lying here. Like, what are we doing? What is somebody going to put the Jeff Skinner away? Like, guys, does I that? I don't want to step on Jeff Skinner. Is that is that where Milan Lucic guy goes? Guys, like, come on, like, think here. We we still got a few more things to do here. Like Phil Kessel. Like, let's let's to, let's. To be go. fair, to be fair, like your kids probably aren't strong enough to lift a Milan Lucic, right? That's a, that's a heavy contract. He's yeah. you, you should take care of that one for them. They're definitely on. not. They're definitely not strong enough to lift an off season Phil Kessel. <laughs> tell you that much so yeah i just you know like i i feel like we were like 90 percent of the way through a pretty good off season and now everyone's just got or or again i say this every year this might just be the thing where like mckenzie lebrun and friedman are all off at the cottage so maybe this stuff is happening and we just don't know because it turns out those are the only three guys that know anything and yeah we're gonna you know, Pierre's going to get back and from Muskoka in like late August and be like, by the way, Eric Carlson was traded on July 5th. And here's, <laughs> here's the details. No salary retained. Like uncle and Bob's going to like, Oh, okay. Uncle Bob's going to post a video where he's like, he's all hopped up on margaritas, like, like bench pressing weights in his garage, like listening to Drake. And he's just going to scream <laughs> it while like Sean, his son holds like the phone report the news, dad. He's just going to be like, Eric Carlson to the lightning for this package of players and it's gonna be like man uncle bob is drunk and jacked how's he and he's putting out news how's he doing this that's it that's, would, those are the only guys that do it that would be my favorite off season show yeah. for sure yeah the mckenzie's know how to do their off seasons right don't they just all wine and margaritas that's my dream they do they do and meanwhile we're out here still doing podcasts i'm, I'm sweating through the back of my knees here in this in this studio as 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 life passes me by and i'm not 
I'm not full of wine at noon looking out onto a beautiful lake. It's a lake, right? I'm assuming that's a lake that you're in front of with your cottage. Yeah. But he's earned it. Someday, someday biscuits will pay for our cottage, Sean. I can feel it. Um, but until speaking of getting paid, um, Artemi Panarin. Yeah. So I, I, I want to read the, I want to read the, the interview with the athletic with his agent, but I can't, but in general, so like, uh, Aaron Portsline sat down with his agent, whose name I don't remember, Bob Agentson, whatever his name is. It doesn't matter. Some guy who takes 3% and Artemi Panarin Daniel does not, Milstein. what is it? Daniel Milstein. Daniel Milstein. Oh, I've heard it. I say it cause I have it in front of me, not cause I've oh. memorized the every agent of <laughs> this is good podcast prep though we're ready we're ready to talk um and so panarin's gonna be a ufa at the end of the year he doesn't want to sign on july 1st and in hockey this is like the biggest crime ever like if you don't want to let your current contract that you signed run out before you sign the next one like you're somehow a bad player bad teammate bad whatever so artemi panarin's like yeah i don't know if i want to stay here and everyone's like we got to trade him right away but you know maybe columbus will be good and you know you want to have him next season and then maybe reassess the trade deadline and then trade him like say the islanders could have with john Tavares, or just let him contract ride out maybe you're second place in the division maybe you got bobrovsky at a 935 maybe you want to reassess then point is though is that panarin's not super excited about coming back and in the interview with the athletic, his agent kind of lays it out. He's like, he's like, we could, we could have not told them, but he wanted to be honest because he loves the way he's treated here. You know, he wanted to be upfront. He loves the coaches. He loves the players. But there was one part of that answer that I was surprised, like Aaron Portsline didn't go back at the agent about because he said the reason why he's kind of hesitant about spending seven to eight years in Columbus is because they would be spent in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't follow up to be like, well, what's the problem with Columbus? They just move on yeah. to the next topic. So. And um, let me just, because I have in front of me, let me read the quote. Yeah, do because, it. It's great. Because people will th- hear this and they're going to think that you were making a joke just now. No. Or that you were exaggerating. So here's the quote. This is uh, Panarin's agent. He says, his biggest thing is he loves the team. Yeah. He loves the coach. Loves him. It's not the team or the way they treat him. Nope. All good so far. What is it though? It's about, <laughs> does he want to spend the next eight years in Columbus? That's the only thing at stake right now. Right. And then the next question is just about like something else. And I'm just like, well, how about laying out all the things he doesn't like about Columbus? Because I've been to Columbus. I, I got stuck there for two days after the All-Star game because of a snowstorm. Like, it's not New York. It's not Chicago. Yeah. I get it. But it was I mean, good. I was there for the All-Star game. That was, you know. Yeah, it's fine. It was it was, it's it a was college fine. And, that, but, and then in the next, because you're right, the next question kind of is about how they're handling the messaging. But then he goes back to it. This is the agent again. Uh, he says, you know, we didn't want a dog and pony show. The way he's treated in Columbus, I don't think it's possible to be treated any better anywhere else. He's right. well taken care of. Let's put it that way, which sounds a little weird, but all right. He didn't want to mess with them. That's basically the message. I don't know if I want to be here for the next eight years. I haven't decided. Yeah. <laughs> like he went back to, if somebody says something weird once in an interview, you can kind of be like, you know, we've all had words come out wrong, but. He yeah, like goes sure. back and he's like, I just really want to emphasize this is the, the reason. problem here is the I city. don't know if he's quoting his own client here. I don't know if I want to be here for the next eight years. And he's basically even said if it was a two year deal, he would just sign and be happy. But it's going to be because of where he is in his career. It's going to be an eight year deal. And he just doesn't want to commit to Columbus for eight years. Mm hmm. Which I pre again, this is the thing we always go back and forth on. It's like I wish people were honest. I wish hockey players said honest yeah. things. And then when they do, we're just like, eh, you're such a baby, you know. I can totally understand 
how somebody whose career started in Chicago, which is my favorite city in the United States of America, um, then shifting their life to Columbus, which is, I mean, if somebody was like, hey, you want to go to Columbus for the weekend and watch an Ohio State Rutgers game where Ohio State beats Rutgers by 70, I'd be like, absolutely, let's go. Let's go hang out. It's a fun town. There's a cool little barcade there where I went and played uh, Madden 93. I had a good weekend. It was fun there. But would I want to live there for eight years as opposed to somewhere else? Probably or no, I would probably want to live somewhere else. So I can kind of get where he's coming from. But like, I don't know. Like, if you're Columbus, like if you're the Islanders, right? Like the Islanders were trying to sell John Tavares on staying by changing the coach, changing the GM, um, throwing Jordan Eberle on the team, like doing all the stuff to keep him happy. Like he wasn't really mad about living in the Long Island, Brooklyn, New York area. So like they they could they could change stuff theoretically around him to change his mind. I don't know how you change a guy's mind when he doesn't like the city he lives yeah. in that seems that seems impossible to me and they're bit like and and you like you have some sympathy for them because they're clearly trying to manage this as best they can because the reality is if he doesn't want to sign there he's got to give a reason you can't just let it hang there and you know the reasons why you can say well he wants he wants to win but you don't you certainly don't want to seem like you're suggesting that the Blue Jackets can't win, especially with John Tortorella as coach, because God knows how he'd <laughs> how he'd handle that soundbite. And Columbus uh, is a decent team too. It's not like Columbus okay. can't go deep yeah. in the playoffs with what they have. They're fine. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you you don't want to say it's the team or your teammates or anything like that. So they're kind of like part of this is they're bending over backwards to say positive things about the organization and his teammates and everything else which is kind of leaving the, the one glaring obvious thing where like later in the interview, they go into this whole thing about how he and his girlfriend like to walk their dog and they stop at the Starbucks and all of this stuff. And then he just kind of says, yeah, but we're talking about eight years. And yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You're young. You he, he might prefer to live in a bigger city. Like yeah. that was the, that was the report that he wants to be in a big market and then there was some talk that it was the girlfriend and maybe a modeling career or something, and that was denied. Uh, maybe but, he just doesn't. But even if that was it, that's fine. Like you know, you you have other it people is. in your life that maybe want to go somewhere else, and they don't. Like, yeah. If you're if you're married to someone and you're living in a city and they're not happy there, and you're lukewarm on it, and you can go somewhere else, like why would you not go somewhere else? Like you're going to be fair. in your mid twenties. You, you know, you're going to be a millionaire in your mid twenties. You might rather do that in New York or L.A. Right than Columbus I think that's reasonable but it's just it is strange to hear it. you're right like we want honesty and yet when somebody's honest it's like oh yikes that didn't sound good but Columbus has to trade him right like I usually I'd be like quit being a baby but you know like I can see them like riding it out because they're a good enough team that went to the playoffs last year and maybe but like I can see I could see where if his stance isn't like man I wish the team was better and his stance is man I hate the weather here Man, I hate there's there's no good restaurants here. Whatever it is, like I can see why you would trade him. I could get yeah. it at this point. You you would hope for the Blue Jackets' sake that the conversations that are happening behind the scenes are maybe a little more direct than than what's being said through the media. That you know they they can they can go to his agent and say, all right, look, between us, cut the crap. Is is there any chance that he's going to stay? Is he has he really not made up his mind, or does he want out? Because if he wants out and he's not resigning here. Uh, then, yeah, you, you want to move them now rather than wait until the trade deadline because there's a good chance you're going to be a playoff team come the trade deadline. And it's very hard to move a guy and send that message. You'd rather do it now. Yeah. And, and kind, of, kind of go to them and say, like, look, don't, 
don't pull a Tavares on us here. Like, look me in the eye and tell me, you know, if, if he doesn't want to be here, we need to know this now uh, and not, not string it along into the season. So, but it's, but it's tough because, I mean, Columbus is one of those teams. They've, for 20 years now, they've been trying to shake this reputation of being like sort of a, you know, the, the, the team that's sometimes good and sometimes not, but never really matters in any meaningful way. And, you know, they, they've built a pretty good team. And now you're sitting here going, uh, do we, yeah. you know, do we move a guy like this? I mean, at some point you don't want to be like, you don't want to become the expos of hockey where you're just, your job is to develop the good players and then send them on to the bigger, better market somewhere. I mean, you let Rick Nash go to New York and, and create that situation. I don't know. Like I, it's, it's a tough one. I don't, there's not an easy answer here. I got it. But I, what's the easy answer? Okay. Or, so you know how if a player is unhappy and he'll go to the GM and the GM will maybe trade for one of his buddies, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll make some sort of like free agent splash or coaching change that says, hey, we want you to stay. But in this case, it's not about that. It's about the city. So here's what you do. If you're the GM, you go to the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and you say, you know, you know what we need here? We need a Nobu. You know what else we need here? We need a, we need a leading modeling agency. Uh, you know what else we need? We need better Italian restaurants. Uh, we need a better park. We need, we need to make our park cooler. We need like a, like a, like a huge, like roller coaster in the park. You got to make the city better. So instead of improving the roster, maybe, maybe you just like improve things in Columbus. Like, Hey, the post office is open on Sundays now. How about that? Our time, you can go, (laughs) you can go get stamps on a Sunday now. He's going to be like, wow, this town really cares about me. Maybe I should stay. So maybe, maybe you just go about it the same way you would, but just through a different vessel. So fixed. Your rebuilding project is literally a rebuilding project. <laughs> they build you don't like that skyscraper, Artemi? That's that one's ugly. Done. <laughs> hey, you Down see it, it goes. You see that football stadium over there? We're gonna build you a mansion right on the field. How about that? No more Ohio State football. You live there yeah. now. How about that? They have to run around you. What do you think? <laughs> oh man. Uh, sports. Yeah. <laughs> Sport. what, what else? Uh, do we have any idea what the Islanders are doing? Can we figure oh, dude, any but of this out? I, I'm going to be honest. I saw that. I saw the the Arthur Staple tweet that said the Islanders signed Ross Johnson to a four year deal. I had no idea who that was. I no. never. I, he played 25 games last year, and I still had no idea who he was. Never heard his name before. It I, was I couldn't believe somebody. It. Somebody mentioned like he. This was a guy not an not an entry level deal. He got more years on his contract than NHL goals that he has ever scored. <laughs> like that can't happen very often. <laughs> And it's been interesting because it's like it's it's fun whenever a team starts doing weird things. I like, you know, there's there's always there's the people who go, ah, oh, they're dumb. There's the fans who go, no, they're great. But there's like I like the people in the middle who try to come up with the theories. Like there's been like the theory that like this is a stealth tank that this is actually like blue is intentionally throwing in the towel for the next few years, which does not sound like I don't think mid seventies Lou Lamarillo no. is like looking real real long term on this stuff and then the other is like you've got leaf fans who are now like retroactively going back over leaf moves and trying to figure out which ones were lou moves and which ones were kyle moves oh it's and pretty like easy what exactly was it's gotta be easy on. at this point yeah Polak, martin marlowe is I still do, up in the air i don't know i still don't know who wanted patrick marlowe i gotta figure that one I, out i feel like that was a little more lewish feels lewish feels lewish shanahan but yeah I, I mean it is like that's everyone in when you think about the Leafs, everyone's talking Tavares, but they've also let go like almost all like Roman Polak's gone, Neil yeah. Komarov's gone, all of these guys that were kind of the 
security blankets for Mike Babcock, Matt Martin. I mean, two out of, two of the three guys I just mentioned wound up with the Islanders, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I... I don't know what they're doing, man. You know what it reminds me of? Like, it reminds me of, like, a couple going through a breakup, and, like, one person has already moved on somewhere great, and the other person got dumped, and now, like... You know they're trying to like show through their Instagram account how happy they are, and, and you know could be could be like, hey, you know I got a new job, or like, hey, check out my new haircut, or I bought new clothes, whatever it is, whatever you're doing. Only like the, instead of that, the Islanders basically got a face tattoo, and they're like, hey, look how great I'm doing. Aren't you jealous that you left me? And like John Tavares is just like, no, <laughs> actually not yeah. at all. Things are going great for me. And you're like, well, me too. Look at I got a Ross Johnston on my face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay good luck at work That's with it. that we just we found the islanders season slogan the <laughs> 2018 new york islanders i've got a ross johnson on my face uh the other thing with lou was i explain this to me because i couldn't i couldn't figure this out his quote in newsday about the john Tavares situation because because the islanders and, and lamarillo especially have kind of been trying to say all the right things there's no point trying to publicly slag Tavares on the way out the door but they kind of did in that in that statement right like he was like you know well in the statement yeah the individual individual stuff yeah that that wasn't yeah but other than that they haven't you know they haven't been been ripping him but but then he says this and this is a quote from Newsday this is Lou Lamarillo talking he says I was extremely disappointed with the window of interviews that was not the intention of how the league and union intended it I was very disappointed with the way the process was I've never seen it like this one what does he mean, like, with Tavares and all the teams? He's, he's talking about, like, the interview window and Tavares, like, having the teams come out and present to him. Uh-huh. Which I'm trying to, like, what what would have been the intention I mean, if not that? I remember Brad Richards doing that in Toronto the year before he mm-hmm. signed with the Rangers. There was, like, a big, yeah. like, going out and talking to him in Toronto, and right? That, and that happened on July 1st. Yeah, that was, that was pre- before the window. And that was part yeah. of why they brought the window in, because they... Uh, but I mean, the the strange thing here is, you know, it it's you know, granted, yes, the 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 kind of everybody come and make your pitch doesn't happen very often in the NHL because star players don't, you know, nobody's nobody's showing up to like pitch Leo Komarov. It's, it's you know, you can do that over the phone, but it's it's only really happened once before, which was Steven Stamkos. But Lou Lamarillo was. Part of that, he was one of the teams trying to poach Steven Stamkos. He was part of the Leafs organization at that point when yeah. they were trying to make the pitch. So, uh, you know, I mean, to turn around now, two years later, and go, well, this isn't how it's supposed to work. And and it says, you know, in the article, it says he declined to go into further details as to what bothered him. But, Christ. yeah, like what, I mean, what is I, wrong? I, don't I understand, if, you know, you're not happy you lost the player, but what, what would be... I mean, he did the he did the interviews we... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Like those were the three days yeah. he interviewed teams. Um, the Highlanders had two months of off season because they didn't make the playoffs to talk to John Tavares all they wanted, uh-huh. and the other teams basically it was like two a day, and then he sat down for two days and thought about it. Like that seems, it like honestly of all the like it's so weird seeing all the ways that people are trying to like harpoon Tavares. Like I feel like he did everything pretty upfront and was kind of honest the whole time. So. I like I get if you're if you're an know. old school GM, maybe it just bugs you that you know you got to come in and kind of scrape and bow for two hours, and you know that probably back in the day it was one phone call and it was this many years, this much money, and does he want it or not? But uh, that's not 
the league that we're in now. And again, like the fact that you went through that with Steven Stamkos on the other side, I, and you know, I didn't hear any complaints then about the process not working. I assume Marlowe required some sort of like finessing if they gave him three years. I'm assuming like he, they had yeah, to make I a mean, pitch to him and yeah, it worked. They didn't, they didn't fly everyone in and, you yeah, know, but, yeah, but present still. to him and, you know, for, for three hours. And, you know, apparently the Leafs put ice back into the, at the, uh, at their arena and had players like Mitch Marner come out and film something and, which would have been great if Tavares had just re-signed with the Islanders. Like I would love to get my hands on that footage, even even knowing that they got him. But especially like like you know when when a guy just re-signs and you're like, oh okay, like there's like I don't forget about like the championship shirts that get sent to Africa or wherever. I want to see like the discarded oh, footage man. of the that'd be good. Of like the the pitch for whatever free agent signed. You know, like like someone out there has got like a John Carlson recruiting video and it's just like ah shift delete it's gone hey john mitch marner here from the toronto maple leafs we really need you in toronto and we think you'd be a great fit and here's some of the reasons why and it's like mitch marner in front of a powerpoint presentation and then he signs in washington yeah. and they just they just they just destroy all the cds that are available like don't let just anybody see burn this. the footage man that's yeah hey hey john i'm i'm what's known as a good winger <laughs> i know this might be confusing and strange to you but Oh, John uh, Tavares' wingers. I, I remember one time interviewing Matt Molson when he first got to Buffalo, and I forget how it came up in the conversation, but, um, like, oh, I was doing a John Tavares story, and I was just talking about John Tavares, and basically, like, he was so honest. He was like, yeah, I, I'm not scoring 30 goals with anybody else as my center. Like, he's a big reason why I got the contract. He's, like, probably the biggest reason I got the contract. Like, he was pretty yeah. honest. I think Fia Parento is the same way, but, yeah, it should be fun to see what good, uh, good wingers do with him as their center. They are going to be fun. Uh, let's. Uh, you want to do some reader questions? Yeah. What do you What do you got? Let me see if my All phone right. turns on. Let me. Uh... Hey, my phone turned on. Stupid phone. I got to get rid of this phone. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, this one. This this one's is kind of right up your alley because you've talked about this. Uh, Brian Conway on Twitter asks: Are Tampa and Toronto starting a trend to become the NHL's answer to NBA super teams, mm. and will elite talent start migrating to already stacked? teams um, i think this is this is assuming that carlson ends up in tampa which we don't know yet but I, I mean the super team thing in the nba is different because very different yeah like there's there's fewer guys um like you need to have like like yeah nikita kucherov and steven stamkos are on discount deals so is victor hedman for that matter but i mean it's just so hard to do it when you have to have you know 20 guys dress on your yeah. team and that's the thing. I don't. I don't think we're ever actually going to see, like, not, certainly not the equivalent of the NBA. Because you're right. In NBA, you got five guys. They can play forty out of the forty-eight minutes, and and the NBA is a league where even you know one guy can can change the fortunes of a team. Whereas in the NHL, I mean, John Tavares is great, but he's going to play twenty-one minutes a night for the Leafs. Uh, it's it's not you know as as one guy out of eighteen. So it's it's not the same. But you yeah, I mean, will you see? top talent start to my you know I, I think what you will see is maybe the veterans start to do that you'll maybe see like who was it in the nba just signed with the warriors as you know oh, boogie cousins. cheap yeah yeah cheap deal people are like wait a second he could have got way more somewhere else but he'd rather go and you know be the fifth best player on a team that wins 70 games and doesn't lose a playoff game you might see that kind of thing and you know that some people love that and some people really don't but 
you know, this is part of this is on us fans and media because we always talk incessantly about how many rings a guy has. And if a guy doesn't win a ring, he's nothing. So we shouldn't be surprised that, that guys want to just parachute in and get an easy one somewhere. But the NHL doesn't really have easy championships anywhere. I mean, you there's eight teams, eight really good teams every year, and you can pick one of them and just cross your fingers. But yeah, I don't, I don't think the NHL is built to have super teams, even if even if the players themselves would would probably want them. Yeah, the cap the cap in the NBA is so high that like Kevin Durant can take a discount and still have like God money, and like the yeah. Mar- the Marcus Cousins is there on a bargain deal at five point three million, which is mm-hmm. the second highest cap hit on the cat on the Lightning this year, which I think is like Ryan Callahan for some reason it worked out that way. Like he's like you know what I mean like like the fifth best mm-hmm. guy is making like the second best guy on, on a hockey team money and they're happy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like, it's also like the aging curves are different. Like you can sign LeBron in his thirties and still immediately become, be a contender. Become a championship team. Yeah. Whereas in the NHL, the window, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, I've never liked this stuff to me. I, I don't like, I don't like when a player who's a star, the best player on his team goes and becomes the fifth best player on some other team so that he can, just so that he can win, but I get why they do it. I get why, like, Kevin Durant here spends 10 years hearing about how he's not a winner because he doesn't have a ring, and he's like, all right, fine, I'll go get a ring. And Everyone's you know, like, what are you doing? People... Why would you do that? Yeah. You bought a ring. So, hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you you will see that in in the NHL at some point. I mean, it's if if there's got to be a selling point for these guys, and if, if there's kind of this de facto max salary that that guys don't want to go by, uh, and you know that the money evens out, then they're gonna pick for other reasons, and one of the reasons might be I want to go win, and yeah, maybe you will see somebody out there going, you know what, I'm, you know, maybe Rick Nash gets, you know, into the summer and he's feeling better, and and he, he decides he wants to come back. Yeah, maybe he says I I'll go be the third line winger on the Lightning for a million bucks a year, so I can mm-hmm. get my ring, and everyone will shut up and stop talking about that. Wait, I thought you were talking about super teams. You, you're talking about Rick Nash being on a third line of a good team. I don't know. Is that really the same thing? Yeah, he can go. He can go to a super team and then get blamed when they when yep. they don't win. Yeah, but does Rick Nash really make it? Does a guy with 30 points on your third line? Is that really? But see, that's the thing. That's like who? Like yeah, it's hard. You talk about free agents. Like that's kind of like you know, I'm I'm scratching around looking for. If like, there was who's no salary cap in hockey, I think you could do it. Like the way the Red Wings used to just throw money yep. at like Cujo and all those guys. Like then you could do it. But ne- mm-hmm. the salary cap. It's just too hard. It's too hard, and and these days in the NHL, the younger players are so important. Like the 2002 Red Wings had you know ten Hall of Famers they just collected from around the league. Uh, you know, like that was the year they had Robitaille and Brett Hall and Hasek and all these guys. But you can't really do that these days because somebody you know is 35 isn't really going to move the needle for you. So that's that's a long answer to to say no. I no. don't think we're ever going to see it in the same same sort of way. Uh, Dylan Houlihan wants to know, does Gary Bettman get booed at his Hockey Hall of Fame induction? Were we, I forget if I was talking about that with you or Wish, but apparently like the people in the room, when you, you go on stage, like there's not going to be anybody in there that's going to yeah. do it. There's, on t- there's people not People at home watching on TV will. Yeah, exactly. So no. He, uh, it, it, the, the closest comparison for this is, remember in 2012, he went and gave a speech at the Hall of Fame inductions, and this was during the lockout. So he was like getting up there in front of players, like, "Oh, you know, the strength of the game and all of this." 
and people are just like staring daggers at him, but nobody booed or anything like that. So in something like this where it's a celebration, uh, I don't. About, I don't think so. But I, but I tell you what, he will have a joke. He'll have a hilarious oh, joke God. about getting booed. He'll get up there and be like, eh, it's the first time I haven't got booed. And everyone on Twitter will be like, what a hilarious one-liner. I'm the most for booed guy in the history of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh... It's so funny that the leader of our league is hated by everybody. <laughs> ha ha. Way to own the room, Gary. Uh, let's do one more. One more. Yeah, this one, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one just because this struck me as a little bit strange. Maybe you can explain it. This is uh, Josh Bittner on Twitter. Josh says, Bittner. do either of you feel like the Ryan O'Reilly trade was Ron Francis to the Penguins 2.0, like a lot of people seem to think? Do people think? Who's, who's, that, is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't aware that was a thing. I, because for it to so, be Ron Francis yeah. 2.0, like he has to be going to the Penguins, a, pe- a yeah. Penguins-esque Well, first team. of all, he's got to be Ron Francis 1.0 first. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, <a> good point. <laughs> yeah. But it, and then the second part of his question, he says, did the optimism for the Sabres to turn things around after drafting Dallin disappear because of the trade? So I guess the, the thinking here is, is this, should Sabres fans be frustrated that they've once again traded for with an eye towards the future and basically is you know mm. when is when is it now if you're a Sabres fan or how much you know how much rebuilding do we have to do and spinning of the wheels before we can actually be good <sighs> um, I never liked the Ryan O'Reilly contract and I kind of don't like Ryan O'Reilly so I like I see what you're saying you're trading like a 70 point guy for future stuff again but I don't know. I, like, I, I feel like this could be one of those, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be like Ryan O'Reilly. Like, you know, like when guys get traded and it's like he went to museums and everyone's like, what, eh, museums. Like, Ryan O'Reilly allegedly drunk drove a truck into a Tim Hortons. Like, I feel like if you're going to ju- if you're going to impugn someone's character, if someone had done that, even though they may have been had those charges dismissed, I still feel like that's yeah. the, an example of a thing you would not want on your team. So Imagine, imagine if he had driven it into a museum. <laughs> That would have been. A Tim Hortons museum. The first Tim Hortons. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know what? I was going to make a joke, but I'm. there probably is a Tim Hortons museum up here somewhere, so <laughs> I don't want to. Well, he did that, and he also, allegedly, but he also, you know, at the end of the year was like, I don't like hockey anymore, and I hate it here. Exactly, and, yeah. Like... So I don't, you know, I didn't love that trade for the Sabres, but I think, you know, yes, I understand that it's frustrating to, trade good players away for for pieces but uh it's not ron francis you're not trading ron it's francis. not ron francis and the other thing is the ron francis trade they got ron francis wasn't the highest scoring player in that trade the the whalers got john cullen who had many more points than that ron francis obviously wasn't the player he was and didn't maintain that and was like a classic case of a guy who was pumped up by right. the players around him but yeah, this it's it's not like they got they traded seventy point Ryan O'Reilly and got like an 85, 90 point guy back. So it, in that sense, it's it's maybe even worse. But uh, I mean, you have to. Yes, at some point you want to win now, and you have to kind of plant your flag in the ground and say like this is this is our team and we're going to go forward with it. But you also have to know when the mix isn't working, and I feel like this was a trade where they just. Ryan O'Reilly made it as clear as he possibly could to them that right. this this mix wasn't working and he was a part of that. 
And I think uh, he tried. Yeah, I he wouldn't. tried for three years. You, you can't ask for more than that from a player. You got to move on. I think if you're like I, I get the frustration if you're a Sabres fan, but it's good. I think I, it's. Good. I didn't. I, I wouldn't. It's not. It's not Ron Francis. Yeah, it's, it's not even really close to it. It's Ryan O'Reilly. It's Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got time for. Uh, so we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, we will have more hot Ottawa Senators are across the news. We will get to the Sedins next week. You know, again, it's not our fault that news breaks in the morning and pushes everything back on us. So uh, blame Kucherov this week because I'm, I'm telling you, the, the poem I had written would have brought tears to your eyes. It would have. Maybe it'll bring tears next week. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, we'll be back then. Uh, pre-order Sean's book. Um, don't pre-order mine because I don't have a book for sale. So you'd be throwing money away if anyone ever tells you to pre-order a Dave Lozo book because that doesn't exist right now. And... Um, yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. I got nothing to sell. It's July. So you, you sell some and stuff. Pierre Dorian, if you're listening, to make make the trade, man. Help us out. But preferably make it like on Monday. Monday night. Don't yeah. yeah, don't do it now. Don't do it this afternoon or whatever. But yeah, give us something and uh yeah, the rest of the NHL GMs, you are not finished yet. Get back down there, finish tidying up your off season, and then you can go and play at the cottage. Make a move that requires Bob McKenzie to appear on video shirtless holding a margarita pitcher, breaking news from his or, cottage. Or send it to me. I can break news. Oh, you want to break news? I could totally news? be an oh, insider. Okay. I, yeah, I, w- I would totally do that. All right. It, I have, like, very few standards. I would absolutely... <laughs> like, my definition of source is very loose. So if you work for an NHL organization or work near an NHL organization or have heard of one and you want to send me a scoop, I will totally break that story. Play Sean like a fiddle. Give him fake information. He doesn't care. He just wants Do to it. churn out. He just wants to be a hockey insider. I never knew that about just, you. Okay. Yeah, that's right. that's always been my goal. All right. All right, so tune in next week, and uh, congratulations on the Ottawa Senators trading our crossing today in between now and the time you first listen to this. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.